most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to our new program. Glad you found us here on Westwood One. I'm Jim Ross, and this is the Jim Ross Report, our new podcast. You got us on episode number one, and we thank you for that. You're going to hear some new features here today uh, that we've added to our uh uh, our toy box. Uh, also, you're going to hear an interview that I conducted uh, recently with Bruce Pritchard. That I think you'll enjoy. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, fun topics we covered. We'll talk about that more in a little while. Uh, and so we're going to have some fun here. The show's going to become more, uh, I think, listener friendly because you know we have a website where you can ask questions. And you can uh, submit uh, suggestions or comments, whatever the hell you want. That's thejimrossreport at gmail.com. So put that in your computer, your device, or whatever the hell you do with those devices. And it's uh, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. And uh, we have some questions today, as a matter of fact. We'll play when we get to our mailbag segment. That'll be very elaborately produced. A lot of music. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, look, there's a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, I've missed uh, being here with you guys, and I appreciate all the great support. Remember that, uh, and we're going to get right to business here, I promise you. I did want to remind you that uh, I have a sheet here someplace that tells you how to uh, find this program. Now, obviously, it's somewhat redundant in my eyes that I would do this right now because you've already found us. Hello. Nonetheless, you need to tell your friends how to find us and how to uh, subscribe. Really important that you subscribe uh, from Apple you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, you know, however way you get your podcast is how you're going to find us. So if somebody says, hey, I listened to JR's first show the other day, and after you got through bullshitting in the beginning, he was pretty good. Uh, so it's on, wherever you get your podcast, j- jump on that deal. Uh, so uh, and, and, you know, Westwood One's doing some great stuff. Uh, it's a big-time company. If you're a sports fan, you've always embraced and respected the work done by Westwood One. Sports-wise, nobody has ever come close. Uh, but they are part of a huge family, the Cumulus uh, Media Company. A lot of muscle, a lot of uh, radio uh, strength. So uh, we're looking at hopefully being able to play with all those toys one of these days. We'll see as time goes by. So uh, check out, check out our, uh, our show Subscribe, Apple Podcast, leave a rating, all that good stuff. It's very important. You know, on my future, my former uh, tenure in this genre, I probably didn't promote that enough. We still did well. I'm not complaining. Maybe I am. But uh, I'll, I'll mention that a little bit more uh, prominently as we go forward. Well, here's the deal. Last Wednesday, I left uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and flew to Dallas on my way to New Orleans. And uh, I tell you, it's just, to me, it's, it never fails to get bigger. It never fails to get more uh, provocative at, at, at times, seriously. The uh, 
uh, amalgamation of people that descend on a city that hosts WrestleMania is amazing. Great for the city of New Orleans. It's a, hey, it's a phenomenal convention city, no doubt. Uh, we stayed at the Hyatt, right near the uh, right near the Superdome, the same Hyatt. It's been remodeled now that I st- shared a suite with Muhammad Ali for three or four days back in the old Mid South days. The the Hurricane Katrina had kind of revised that uh, landscape, and so now they got a new structure there. It's, it's beautiful, good hotel. Took great care of us. And we appreciate that. Um, what else did I do on Wednesday? Nothing. I don't think I uh, I saw a bunch of old friends. Went to dinner. Nothing great. Some business associates. Uh, and a lot of people I hadn't seen since Jan got killed last last year about this time. So uh, those are some, you know, heartfelt moments. And I'm glad we got it done on Wednesday, to be honest with you. Uh, Thursday, I was highlighted by my drive-by to Paul Heyman's show. Uh, sold out. He killed it, as usual, as you would expect, right? It's almost like matches anymore. If Heyman doesn't come out and deliver the proverbial five-star promo, he's off his game. Is he sick? Well, you know, you can't. That stuff's not automatic, folks. He's really good, but it's, it isn't automatic. He had a great show. I opened for him. Yep, I opened for Paul Heyman. I'm proud of it, by God. And I was worth every dollar he paid me. <laughs> you figure that out. No, he's my friend, and uh, we've helped each other a lot throughout the years, and we'll continue to do so. There are other things we'd like to do together as time goes on, and you'll be one of the first to know, I promise. So that was that on Thursday. By the way, that show is produced by Kenny McIntosh's Inside the Ropes Company. And I'm going to be doing some work with Kenny. I believe uh, sometime this summer we'll have more information on that. A UK-Ireland tour is being planned. I don't have all the details myself, or I tell you, but I will hopefully have them next week, at least the dates. So uh, I think it's like a week or 10 days, something like that, in, in the UK and Ireland. Sometime this summer. Can't wait. Uh, Kenny does a great job. And they had a hell of a show. You know, Paul uh, delivers, as always. Then on Friday morning, I had my sold-out uh, Slavonocker Session show. A lot of fans from around the world joined us. And I want to tell you, first of all, I want to thank everybody for selling it out. We had 100 VIP tickets. We sold them all. I think we might have actually sold 104, somebody said. I didn't know that, but I don't know how that even happened, but uh, it is what it is. So in any event, we had a, a good show, and my point I was going to make before I interrupted myself was the fact that we had one of the smartest, uh, most uh, cerebral wrestling audiences that I have had done a Q&A with in a long time. Really, really good. Good, bright questions, uh, interesting questions, compelling, uh, and didn't have, some didn't have guaranteed answers, quite frankly. So, uh, a lot of fun. So, if you guys that came, thank you. Hope you enjoyed your uh, uh, Slavonocker hardcover and signed, by the way, with the blue Sharpie. If it's not blue, it might not be official. I'm kidding. Uh, and uh, your your uh, seasoning. Two, two, two items that you can certainly get on your carry-on and uh, make TSA happy, if that's possible. Uh, so, we did that on Friday at the Hilton Garden Inn. Good host. Appreciate them very much. My rope producer, Raphael Morphy, did a great job, as always. And uh, uh, this was a good good time. Casual. I did exactly what I wanted it to be. The room could have been a little bit bigger. Probably could have had a little bit better ventilation. And I, I'm not, not, we weren't in a closet or anything, but uh, if it did, we all came out. <laughs> oh, my, my. So uh, there's that. 
Uh, and then Friday night, uh, I went to the extraordinarily long but always rewarding WWE Hall of Fame. I love the event. It was Jan and my favorite event to go to together in the company. I think of her when I'm there. I did Friday. You know, she was in my mind pretty much the whole show. I enjoy the seeing the reactions on the faces of the families because I don't think the families of these superstars get all the accolades and go into the Hall of Fame, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think sometimes their families get enough credit for the sacrifice that they make to ensure and better enhance their loved ones' opportunities for success. That's just me. So, uh, but I enjoyed that a little long, no doubt, a little long. Uh, but, you know, as they say, in my world, just dressing darks, called it a day. Saturday morning, uh, I was with Jerry Briscoe, WWE Hall of Famer, and we had a little uh, signing that was uh, really well done, attended and done at WWE Access. Man, what a what a utopia for wrestling fans that is, Access. Woo, amazing. Good stuff. Very well laid out. Family atmosphere, informative uh, for the hardcore, more harder core fans, historic, cool. Got to be some cool photo ops there. So, and then Saturday afternoon, I went to WrestleCon at uh, Jerry Bostick's Imperial Wrestling Revolution table. Fine little uh, promotion based in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I'm trying to lend a hand to here, there, and yon because I want to give back. Somebody asked, why do you do it? Well, I want to give back. No, I'm not working for nothing, but I'm not working for what I normally would work for, but I want to give back, and I like Jerry. I like the guys, the men and women that are trying to find their way into the wrestling business just like I did. And they're doing it from an Oklahoma Territory company, just like I did. So who knows? We're having fun doing it. So appreciate Jerry having me there. Russell Conn looked like it would be a big success. Chatted with Steve Austin for a minute, and uh, he was having fun. He was smiling. Uh, and they did a good job they meeting Russell Conn and organizing his uh, signing. Somebody made a lot of money. Maybe more than one. i got to believe that was a great investment for Russell Conn, and I can promise you, that old Texas rattlesnake ain't going to go to work for, for – he ain't going to get on an airplane and get to New Orleans from uh, Los Angeles for free or cheap or inexpensive. More power to you, brother. Uh, I watched uh, NXT TakeOver in my room on my iPad. The show was outstanding, no doubt. Uh, my friend Mauro Ronello killed it. He had a great night. And what we find out – and this is nothing against Mauro because he's a he's, – he's one of the absolute best ever, ever, in several genres. But when you got matches like that with a crowd like that was there on Saturday night, God almighty, man. Oh, my God, how's, how good is that? It's almost, well, it's better than apple pie. I started to say it's better than sex, but Lawler would probably, you know, call me on the on, say, what did you say about something's better than sex? You know, Jerry, nothing's better than sex. Yes, I know, Jerry. Jerry, it's always good to work. I saw The King. We had a lot of fun. I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, it's always good to catch up with wrestling's Hugh Hefner. Um, anyway, I watched the show on my iPad. Loved it. I got to listen to it. Uh, the opener was uh, off the pages of that show. Amazing. Uh, I thought the match uh, with uh, Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon was stellar. Really, really good. Much better than their their experience within their skill set would suggest. 
So they overachieved. Congratulations to both. And I like the fact they work a little snug. Nothing wrong with that, as long as you're not careless and and, uh, and unsafe. Snug is a different ballgame. Uh, so the, the latter match, as I said, was the opener was a perfect opener. You couldn't ask for a better opening match. And it's so important to open these shows with a huge success. The old days of building to the main event are over. You open up, you roar out of the box. And, man, the, the, those dudes in that ladder match, they did it. So uh, a lot of respect there on that deal. Uh, and I like the finish of the, in, the, in the Shane and Basler Ember match because it was a referee stoppage. Loved it. It's, not a, it's a finish that's not used very often. And when it's used effectively and in a timely manner, it's, it's money. Uh, Alistair Black continues his role. He's he's going to be a big timer on the next level. He's new, he's the new NXT champion, and uh, he had a good match. Andre Almas and he uh, turned some heads. Really, really did well. And you know, uh, we, I talk about on my Twitter at Jr's BBQ about I'm in a comment that he got a lot of act, a lot of interaction. I should say about the fact that I said more often than not, personal issues are the the driving force behind pro wrestling. They're what makes us really uh, compelled to experience a rivalry, whether it be on pay-per-view or a live event or a T-shirt or whatever the hell it may be. Personal issues make you make an emotional investment. And that's why that the uh, Johnny Gargano and, and uh, uh, the Ciampa match, Thomas Ciampa match, Tomas Ciampa, uh, was a classic those guys that was old mid-south-ish and and all the great eras that i worked in everybody had their you know some magic some magic matches those two dudes had a magical match and uh they sold they told a great story uh but i can tell you this of all i saw a lot of title matches in the last five or six days in person and on television and on youtube and etc and I don't remember too many title matches that had more emotional investment and more passion in, uh, surrounding them than uh, those two cats on NXT. So it's about storytelling. It's about a personal issue that I can relate to. The average Joe, folks, or average Jane, if you will, uh, we can relate more to a personal issue being pissed off at somebody because of something that they did to us or we perceive that they did to us then we are many titles because we can't identify with being a world champion by and large right i sure can't so uh, those guys did great and uh i was uh very impressed nxt does a great job ladies and gentlemen measuring the passion of their audience and better yet providing the audience with a broadcast that doesn't exhaust one to complete the viewing process. In other words, the two-hour and chain show is perfect for me at my stage of the game. WrestleMania is certainly uh, like no other experience, certainly not in my career. And I've done you know all the big events at WCW. I've done Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan in Tokyo. I've done several WrestleManias. All those are great experiences, there's no doubt. 
but there's nothing like WrestleMania. Uh, and so I look at the feedback, and you know, you, you're going to get the obligatory uh, and predictable uh, bitching and moaning from some on social media. Their discontent is normally regards, well, kind of, it, it's kind of a gambit. It ranges from second guessing the finishes to the match order. Uh, and I think the primary, that's always going to be there. I don't know that we'll never ever have another big major event in any company that people will totally like. And maybe you'll say, and maybe you're right, maybe they haven't ever totally liked it because, but now there's just a way to express that opinion. And it seems like the squeakier wheel uh, gets the most attention. So uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, I was ranting about something. Uh, so the, the, the crowd is uh, is primarily complaining about the length of the show. I get it. It was a little bit long for me, too. I left after our match uh, with the King and uh, Byron, which I appreciate Byron's hospitality and always great hooking up with the King. So, uh, you know, we, we go and I go back to the hotel, Jerry and I do, and, and uh, I, go, I don't know where he goes. I'm afraid to ask. I went to my room to watch the WrestleMania because I could hear the commentary. I could take some notes. It was just a better deal for me. So, uh, but seven hours is long. I was in the comfort of my room. I was in an easy chair, easy, you know, comfortable room service, bathroom within steps. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, it's ch- seven hours is tough, man. Tough. I don't know if I can watch anything seven hours. Seriously. Just my attention span isn't there any longer. And I don't know if it ever was for seven hours. Maybe so. On occasion. So uh, we call our match at 4.30 in the afternoon, and I'm back in the hotel by 5.30. And watching the show and enjoying it. So, um, fun fun deal. Oh, by the way, uh, Lawler and I, the King and I, are scheduled, as I record this, to make the trek with the WWE to Saudi Arabia coming up the end of this month and uh we're going to be part of the broadcast that will air on the wwe network live from uh, the big dome there in Jeddah, saudi arabia that'll air at uh, on friday april 27 at noon eastern time on the wwe network and i think if you're a first timer and you subscribe this month it's free so get after it the announcer assignments aren't uh, finished so i don't know what we're going to do there but uh you know, I kind of got my eye on that greatest Royal Rumble. Might be kind of a fun gig to seek your teeth into. Well, it's going to be a challenging trip. Long flights. No alcohol. <laughs> well, Ross, you drunken bastard. Well, I'm not going to be a drunken bastard in Saudi Arabia, Terry, because there's no booze. And, of course, the king endorses that whole concept because he says, quite frankly, that lips that touch alcohol will never touch mine. I have never professed to that same mantra, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, so some of the highlights from WrestleMania, just quickly going through some of these things, uh, the, it was, they, they had the perfect opener for the show uh, on the main card. The perfect opener on the show. Uh, Miz, uh, Balor, uh, Seth Rollins killed it. Killed it. As good as any era that I've called matches at WrestleMania, that would, that would be right there fit right into the best of the best so congratulations guys they did a great service for everybody else that followed them by engaging the audience early and often 
So uh, good job, fellas. Uh, I thought uh, Charlotte and Oscar was uh, was terrific. I loved it, and I I would have loved it no matter who won. Uh, and I don't have an issue with who won. Charlotte is your 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 the tent pole you're going to build this women's division around. It would seem to me, at least she is right now. And so I don't see anybody that's going to overtake that spot. That's what you always shoot for to be the number one person. So that's what I would think. Uh, you know, she's just she's just so damn good. But Oscar having one loss is still really impressive. And I I love their work. I love their storytelling. Uh, how the match structure was uh, perfect and the finish was excellent. Really, really good. No problem with Jinder Mahal becoming the U.S. champion. Uh, you know, it, it gets a title, the old quote-unquote for, foreign villain, uh, as it's been used in wrestling for years. No, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. you got to use social values and, and people's own, uh, you know, their own gut feeling about things uh, to create viable storylines that, that would interest those. And for whatever reason, you know, there's the, the, the foreign villain concept in pro wrestling has worked forever. I can see it's not going to work, uh, hopefully. I'd like to see it go away because it means that we're getting along better. As long as there's prejudices and, and negativity in that regard by the ethnicities and, and people's background and upbringing, you're probably going to have this thing. In movies, television shows, the news media makes a living out of it. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, General Hall's a talented kid, 31 years old, uh, smart, and I think he's going to do uh, continue to do really, really well and, become, and, and can be one of the more viable uh, heels in WWE that they've seen in a long time. So uh, I like this move. And here's the bottom line. The U.S. title is not hot. So whomever, no matter who has it, it's got some work to do to, to make it have more credibility and have more clout. No doubt about that. Uh, hey, look, I might be in the – I don't know if I'm in the minority or not. I haven't polled anybody, but I like seeing an undertaker. I, I thought the bill was about as unique as anything I've ever experienced. As a matter of fact, even, in, even when I left – you may think this is crazy. Even when I – when I left the Superdome on Sunday evening after that uh, Battle Royal, I still didn't know if Taker was even in the building, much less is he going to be on the card. So that's and I, hey, look, and I know there's the information was out there, duh, hello, but I didn't have it. So I'm thinking if I didn't have it, a lot of people didn't have it, which I thought was pretty cool. So I enjoyed the match. Hey, it you know Taker is uh, he's such a war horse man. God Almighty, just lo- I love him with all my heart. Uh, and remember, uh, uh, I said this before, last year, as a matter of fact, all year, nobody wanted to listen. You know, until he says he's done, he isn't done. You got it? But I'm feeling much more confident that in all likelihood, folks, we have uh, seen the dead man's last one, or damn near it. So I'm not endorsing him retiring unless that's what he wants to do. It should be his decision and not uh, anybody else's. So when he says he's done, he's done. Uh, the Daniel Bryan presentation was good. I would probably, in hindsight, you can always say in hindsight, probably started the match off with a little bit more shine for Daniel because I think that's what the fans wanted to see. And then they, then they could have got him again uh, on the comeback. Got two of them. But uh, it's good to see him back, and he's, he's connected with the audience like very few have ever connected uh, in the business. 
So great things. Hope to come from him. He stays healthy. So why wouldn't? So uh, I enjoyed the presentation from uh, the, in that tag match. Those guys worked very hard. Took a lot of chances, uh, and uh, you know they they followed the Undertaker and Cena. Tough. Uh, the uh, AJ uh, Nakamura match. I liked the match a lot. I was expecting more. And I think maybe because of the, the hours invested in sitting in their seats, the, the fans might have been a little bit just fatigued. Because I, I watched it, as I said, in my room, my iPad. I loved it. Kick ass. And I, I loved the most of Nakamura's low blow at the end because I think he'll be a much better villain in WWE at this point in time than he will be uh, a, a fan favorite. He had a cult following that was that that uh, you know preceded him, and I called one the, the AJ uh, Nakamura match from uh, from uh, New Japan, and I, I, they have great chemistry. So here's the here's the thought of that: by the heel turn, if you will, and the low blow, AJ still has now has a reason to want to get even with Nakamura, which gives the uh, the good smart. Uh, uh, strategist, the opportunity to put that match in more live events. If you're in a town where that match comes as a live event and you don't go, shame on you. So uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, the tag match in a tough spot on the card. I don't know if you could put anything in there. After all that, they seen that uh, it was tough, and it seemed like it was you know strictly for uh, entertainment purposes. But let's out of that whole thing. Here's what I got out of it. Braun Strowman is going to be the man. Not because of what he did in that tag match, because the different ways he's being be, being booked. He's not the big brute killer with one-dimensional guy. He shows he's got, he likes kids, he's got a sense of humor, uh, he can smile, he's big and athletic, he's a badass, we've got all that, but he's becoming a well-rounded character before our very eyes. And as, as long as he continues to do well and improve every outing, like any great athlete wants to do or should want to do, and he refuses to ever reside in that evil-ass uh, comfort zone. It, it just when you, start, when you start growing, folks, guess what? You start dying. It's a real simple deal here. So, uh, But I think Strowman is the, the long-term future of WWE, and I just think that there's no rush. He's going to get better and better, and, uh, but that's what I got out of that match. He's on that card. Uh, he stood out. Is built around him, and so interesting stuff there for him. I, I, I like I like his game. I like his game. The big North Carolinian has got unlimited potential. You know, we uh, I, I didn't talk about it in order because I kind of saved it here. I thought that the mixed tag match was as good as it as it could have been. I don't know how you could have a better presentation. With considering the individual's skill set, experience, pressure, uh, the whole nine yards, than we saw on Sunday with uh, Stephanie McMahon, who arguably is, if she's not the best villain in WWE, she's damn sure in the in the discussion. Uh, her husband, who I'm sure had uh, infinite an infinite amount to do with the success of that match, because I can see his fingerprints on it logically. Uh, then you got Ronda and Kurt. Uh, you know, Kurt's one of the all-time greats, but he'll tell you his best days are behind him. But he's, he's damn sure good enough for what he did on Sunday. Golly, he was great, I thought. 
And Ronda Rousey made the best debut, in-ring debut, that I have ever witnessed uh, in my wrestling career. I cannot recall adding all these elements like pressure, the stage, the audience, the, the, the positioning, uh, everything. And I, I can't recall anybody ever even coming close to this woman. So they, WWE, and that's funny, you know, I defend myself. I, I've gone on radio shows. You really think she's going to be good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Damn right. She's a world-class athlete. Learning the skill set of being a pro wrestler is not impossible if you are first a fan of the genre and are willing to study and to absorb all the training in the ring and out of the ring that's necessary. She's there. That's what she does. She doesn't want to fail. So I, I, uh, I, I thought she was phenomenal. And I thought the match was as good. It ever exceeded all my expectations, and I thought it was going to be good because I felt the, the dynamic between Stephanie and Rhonda out in California a couple, three years ago. So, uh, boy, I really enjoyed that. I was really proud of that effort, and uh, it did, just really did well. So let's stop doubt, doubting Ronda Rousey. Let's stop doubting some of these investments. Can you imagine having Brock Lesnar resigned and Ronda Rousey resigned? What that means to uh, a potential uh, suitor for rights fees? It's pretty, two pretty amazing assets, folks, and they're signed long term. Can't get better than that. Now, speaking of Lesnar, moving into the match, a lot of controversy. A lot of folks thought Lesnar's losing, going to the USC. See you later. It's been fun. Blah blah blah. That ain't what happened. And, uh, you know, it's an ongoing story. Here's the thing. Here's what I know about it. I don't know a lot about it. I know this. I know that for some reason, and I think it's disingenuality. I think some of these little uh, uh, defiant mavericks that want to just boo Reigns no matter what he does because so, they need attention, and they'd like for guys to recognize their contributions or lack thereof within this presentation, like me. Uh, and, but here's the deal. They pay their money. They got a right to do what they want, right? If not profane, they sure do. But I think that you see that the business is not as important to them as their own uh, presence within the business. So, in other words, their presence, making noise and signs, uh, things of that nature, is more important than supporting the business and are, you know, enjoying it to what it's been laid out to be. If that makes any sense. We'll talk more about that in the next few weeks. I got something else in that letter today, too, as well. So, but anyway, the the atmosphere was tough. The the hour of the day was tough. You got to think, you left your hotel, you park, you're whatever, you get in the building, you've been there, you've seen the whole show, now you get the last match. That's a long day. It's a long day. And uh, I was surprised that Reigns lost. I was more surprised that the, the match got a little gruesome and got a little bloody. But uh, and I don't know the backstory on it, and I really don't care. I like to see it play out. Uh, but uh, you know, over in Saudi, apparently uh, Lesnar and uh, uh, and and uh, Roman are going to fight in a cage. That'll be interesting. So uh, that's going to be on the big show from Jetta on the network we talked about earlier. So hey, it's an ongoing story. Here's the bottom line, guys: is this we're talking more about Roman Reigns right now than we would, I believe, if he had done, and we're all going to talk about him. He's topical. So maybe the Mavericks I mentioned, the little Mavericks out there, the defiant young lads, uh, enjoy uh, busting his balls just because they like the attention on themselves as well. 
have at it. Uh, but he's a he he's a he's a keeper. He's a star. Whether some like him or not is irrelevant. He's a star, and he'll be treated like a star going forward. I think as he has been. I don't think his bankers too upset about the finish on uh, on Sunday night. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Unless he bet a lot of money on him, that could have happened too. I guess right. So uh, interesting match. Uh, Lesnar resigning is a sign that WWE is committed to the beginning building, continue to build the long-term future. Lesnar is one of those big tent poles he talked about. He's a stud. He's known the worldwide. He's got an amazing presence. He's got Paul Heyman. So that investment is significant. It's smart. And will Lesnar fight in USC? No doubt. That's my opinion. Only my opinion. Uh, and that will allow him to not be – I mean, he may be on less TV – What's keeps him fresh? Here's what people understand: these guys are signed a contract. They go where they're they book. They go where they're booked, and they adhere to their terms, their, de- their agreement that they've made with the company. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand the uh, the the angst. Well, he doesn't like us. He didn't like us all, folks. He's not here tonight. Well, he, if he was assigned to be there, he'd be there. People are see, they see through that. Is my point. And the other thing is this, and maybe it's inadvertent, I don't know. One of the big poisons that nobody wants to talk about, the big elephant in the room is overexposure on television, which is why WWE introduced so many uh, outstanding young talents on Monday to get some new faces on there and create some freshness. We wrestling fans like new, and we'll give it one or two opportunities for their new to be good, and when it sucks hind teeth, we're gone. That's wrestling fans, and that hasn't changed since I was a pup. And finally, on this Lesnar-Reigns thing, first of all, Reigns, uh, the post-mortem one, Reigns should cease. He's fine. Rebuild, retalk, restructure, re-involved. And, and by the way, I want to see Reigns and Samoa Joe. I'm, I'm you got down with that. And secondly, the thing about Lesnar going to USC, huge money awaits, great for his career athletically, Financially, he's got a young family, young lads, young sons. Uh, but I'm wondering if USC's big character dangling is that one big payday, and if he does real well, he doesn't get annihilated, we might bring him back for number two. If you win, we'll bring you back for the second big payday. But if you get uh, you get caught up in a storm here, and your striking defense, uh, you know, deserts you. It seems to me that you, uh, you know, you got that big payday, but you're smart enough to not give the other payday away. So I like whoever's advising Brock on his uh, on his uh, contract stuff doing a hell of a job. I wonder if that's Heyman, that son of a gun. Wouldn't surprise me. So that's what I think about that deal. Lesser USC, uh, you know, they love you when you win, but and he had a lot. The last time he fought, I was there. USC 200. He beat Mark Hunt. And it was a celebratory weekend, no doubt about that. So, who knows? He can fight, man. Don't count him out. Don't count him. And we will all count him out. The, some of us won't because we're friends and we respect him too much. But the the others that don't have a dog in the hunt are going to say, "Well, hey, he's just that big wrestler. He had us run here. It's over. Different breed of cat. They know how to beat him now. The fighters know how to be, beat Brock. And if his striking defense isn't up to speed, then that's his downfall." And time will tell, and we'll find out on pay per view. 
One of the things I wanted to add to our show is a, a, a feature called the Slobber Knocker of the Week. You know I couldn't, by God, go by a week without incorporating Slobber Knocker in some shape, form, or fashion. Our book is on the sport printing, Slobber Knocker, My Life in Wrestling. We've often said that book should be titled Slobber Knocker, My Life and Wrestling. But in any event, we're blessed it's been selling so well. Amazon has, has books for you, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I know Amazon UK, Amazon Australia all have uh, our book in stock. It's doing terrific. It's been number one in the wrestling uh, category for over a year. And, man, we are really thankful for that. So uh, check that out. Uh, but I wanted to use something with Slobber Knocker, and I said, well, why don't we just have the Slobber Knocker of the Week? And so this, the first winner, and this could be a trivia question someday at a nice little sleazy bar, the first winner of the Slobber Knocker of the Week has to be Ronda Rousey. Yeah! How can you come in with such fanfare and such a low expectations from some naysayers and knock it completely out of the park. Folks, I was watching her make, doing some, making some transitions. Go back in, from a scout's point of view and watch how she rolls through things. Watch how quickly she gets up. She moves around. Her timing was impeccable on Sunday night. It's not supposed to be impeccable for someone with her lack of experience. It falls back on what we talked about before. The woman is an athletic beast who has a tremendous burning desire to succeed. And that's why I recruited a lot of athletes from mainstream sports over the years. The Rock, Austin, there's a ton of guys. I want to leave out, I could leave out a hundred. There's all kinds of football players. John Cena. So, uh, but they're used to, they want to win. It's been inbred in them. They want to win. And Ronda Rousey, wants to win and by winning i mean she wants to have a great performance each and every time out it's not about the exact one loss record but uh, it's about uh delivering the goods and ronda rousey delivered the goods ladies and gentlemen at wrestlemania with the greatest in-ring premiere debut that ojr has ever seen the winner of the slobber knocker of the week award and by the way ronda your prize will be coming soon i just kind <clears> of <throat> Need your address. It's slobber knocker good. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Another thing that came out of my uh, sick mind in my hiatus from uh, podcasting was, you know, I, I read a lot and I enjoy reading. I enjoy getting new information. But, boy, there's a lot of dumbass people in this world. Mm-mm-mm. So I thought it was important that uh, I initiate uh, the Pet Coon Goofy Award of the Week. And this will go to either an individual or individuals, uh, whoever it may be, that are just where the dumbass eats them at the ankles and it goes right up right their spine. And this week, the winner is they're fans who bring beach balls to wrestling events. Yeah, now I get it. Here's a, here it comes. Here's how it'll be on Twitter in a few hours. Well, you know, Joe, that old bastard. He's, he's crotchety. He's hateful. He's bitching about, of all the things that he could worry about in his life, he's worried about beach balls. Well, I worry about other balls, too. Football, baseball, hoops. But beach balls, not so much. Uh, here's the thing. Like, on after Raw went off the air on Monday night, uh, I know that uh, 
uh, Rollins and Jeff Hardy and uh, I think Finn Balor had a little part, had a little fun with the fans after the cameras went off officially uh, with a beach ball. No big deal, different ball game. But when you bring a, a you, you, first of all, you bring beach balls to the arena to interrupt. Uh, you bring them there to for people to see the beach balls. And you can tell people that I brought the beach balls and put the beach balls in play. And when you do that, you know it's going to distract. And when it distracts, it takes away from the matches. So my, my theory is, why would you bring the damn beach balls if you know at the end of the day it's going to distract from the match? Well, I'll tell you why. I, I paid my good money, and my mom dropped me off, and and by God, I can I say by God on a podcast? Sure you can, son. But, you know, that's where we are. It's just a I, – I guess you always fall back on the old, you know, right of free speech and all those, I guess. That don't make sense to me either. But So uh, the Pet Coon Goofy Award winners this week are those that brought – beach balls to live wrestling events like Wrestlemania and Monday Night Raw. Strategy my Oklahoma ass. Moving right along here, folks. I uh, hope you're enjoying the first broadcast here on Westwood One. We thank you very much for, for tuning in. Tell your friends about us. Wherever you find podcasts, by God, you'll find us. And Lord knows that there are a lot of wrestling podcasts. Yes, indeed. And the more, the better. Well, one of the features we're going to do this on this show is uh, This Week in Wrestling, a little This Week in Wrestling history. And I, looking back on this, uh, on April the 16th of 2007, one of my favorite moments, and it's kind of off the beaten track. It was in uh, Milan, Italy. And uh, April 16th, 2007, 11 years ago, uh, the Milan miracle, as I called it, then happened. Uh, it was uh, Santina, Santino edit there. The winner, of course, was Santino Morella and his victory over Umaga for the Intercontinental title was aptly named the Milan Miracle. Now, I don't remember a hell of a lot about the match. You know, the underdog, uh, Santino, uh, you know, great Canadian kid who was portraying an Italian that night, did a damn good job of it, too. Crowd loved it. Personal issue. A hometown, not a hometown, but an Italian in Milan. And the two things I remember about that uh, whole ordeal was uh, we stayed in Milan for three or four days because we went straight from there to London to do Raw the next week. Two weeks in a row on the road of Raw. I didn't go back home. Uh, some of my peers did. I chose to stay. And uh, so what I remember is this. I remember that on the Sunday before Raw Monday, Jerry Briscoe and I had the best pasta I've ever had in my life. It was homemade in some little joint in Milan, a little, little uh, uh, street corner job. Amazing. I remember that 11 years ago. I like to eat. Brothers got to eat, man, because I'd rather fight a man to make love to a woman. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, somebody said, who said, when Ernie Ladd says he'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. It means this, kids. Uh, it means that he's a big, bad man who really, really, really likes to fight. And he really, really likes to make love to women, but not as much as he likes to fight. Got it? Got it. So anyway, uh, we're over there doing our thing, and after the show's over, we have a little celebration of uh, Santino's victory over a lot of whiskey shots. I think it might have been 
Jack Daniels because I really uh, I'm not a Jack Daniels guy. But we drink a lot of shots. After a few of them, it don't matter. You can be drinking kerosene, I think. But I remember uh, John Cena was leading the leading the charge that night, and uh, Santino was basically indoctrinated, not uh, well, it's not hazing, just a ritual to bring him into the family. He's a champ, and he's a new guy, and he's a likable guy. Everybody likes him, so uh, he got blasted. So we we had fun. So that's what I remember on this date in wrestling history. Uh, one of my favorite moments. Uh, the this kid has been a fan all his life. Speaking of Santino, he's there with all these guys. He's seen on TV. The, the, the top guy, John Cena. Everybody's buying him drinks, celebrating his win. He's holding the Intercontinental title over his over his shoulder while he's having his shots. It was a very heartfelt Hallmark card like moment. Look at this. Another thing I wanted to do, uh, returning to the air again, in the spirit of becoming more fan friendly, again, the Jim Ross uh, report at gmail.com is that email address for questions and comments. And that's where these came from. I'm about to, to talk to you about or, or share with you. Uh, are, is a mailbag because we want to hear what you're thinking. And it's good to kind of judge the pulse of, uh, of uh, fans. Uh, everybody's got a different interest, different levels of interest. You're, all, you're not all going to agree with me. You shouldn't. Uh, and that's fine. So, but I'm unlike a lot of folks that you read about on, you read from or about online. I'm not, I'm not going to get pissed off if I don't agree with your opinion or you don't agree with mine. It's pretty simple. So anyway, uh, some uh, mailbag questions. Let's see here. Uh, Kevin McCann wants to know if I think there'll be a multi-day WrestleMania. I think that's probably re- reflected back to the extremely long show on Sunday night. I don't know how you would do that. Uh, I mean, there's a way of doing it. You could do Saturday and Sunday, obviously, or whatever. Uh, but I don't know how you would divide it up to have the uh, for to have the the card the two days to be equitable to some degree. Uh, there, there's got to be a way you could do it. Maybe if you want to blow everything up and start everything all over again, I think the easiest way of, of making it work, uh, Kevin, is just shorten that Sunday event up a little bit. Some, I, I used to say this, and, I, and it's not a very popular statement back in my day as an administrator. And I had a lot of guys agree with me. Uh, but I don't believe it's everybody's right that's on the roster to get booked on WrestleMania. I think, it's a, I think you earned that opportunity. And, it, it's, and certainly it's subjective, like a lot of things in wrestling are very, very subjective. So, uh, But I, I just think that the, the, the two-day thing is it's intriguing, it's interesting, I'm just trying to figure out how you would. So, if you had a WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday, how do you make the cards uh, have some uh, have some uniqueness and their own individuality? Or do you plan on working returns? Uh, Sunday's match, the main event will be the winner of this match on Saturday. You know, what do you do? You can do that, I guess. So, I don't think it's going to be a big change. I don't see that happening, Kevin. But I guess it's always possible. Uh, Justin wants to know if I think there'll ever be a referee inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Don't know who it'll be. There have been a lot of really good ones. Uh, and even there's some, there's, there's some celebrity-type big sports figures that were special referees that could be you know, uh, utilized. But, uh, yeah, why not? Everybody that contributes to the product should have a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. That's my take on it. And finally today, we'll have more of these. Again, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is where you want to head. Uh, this is from uh, Judy. She wanted to know if uh, WWE had interest or had contacted uh, uh, woman, Nancy Benoit, uh, 
when she left WCW. I don't recall. I don't think that it seems to me like, and I might be wrong, that uh, Nancy had kind of drifted away from uh, the, the road stuff and being on the road. And, uh, you know, she had her little boy, Daniel, and uh, she seemed very content to, to not be uh, in, that, in that world. So, uh, but I don't think so, to answer your question, uh, Judy. And uh, folks will have more of these questions next week. Just kind of getting started. So, something different. Just something that I want to interact with you. I want you to know I care about what the hell you're saying. You may give me some great ideas. So uh, we'll, we'll rock and roll with that deal. So, uh, you know, keep me informed of what you're thinking about at the, at the, at the Gmail address. And we'll, we'll move on from there and have more questions next week. You know, Bruce Pritchard has been one of my oldest friends for years. We worked together uh, when Bruce was, uh, golly, he was, he was, he might have been 20, but young in Houston for Paul Bosch. And I got to know him well then because I was working for Cowboy. Cowboy and Bosch became partners in Houston wrestling at one point in time. So Bruce and I became great friends. And uh, my wife and his wife are buddies. And, and you know, and uh, so I'm really happy that Bruce and uh, Conrad Thompson. Uh, are having such success on their uh, podcasts and all the other things they're doing, their stage shows. I'm gonna, I endorse all of it, but by God, if you boys start making barbecue sauce, there's going to be a pissing contest. <laughs> no, I, I, they're doing great. And so, uh, and by the way, uh, I do know that they they have signed a 13 week deal for a 60 to 90, 60 to 90 minute show weekly on the WWE Network. That's basically an extension of their podcast, which is very entertaining. Uh, but they're going to uh, they're going to control the content. Uh, as from, from what I understand, uh, it's going to have a real new feel, kind of like a raw feel, you know, like a old, old Monday Night Raw, kind of an edgy feel. Uh, I think Bruce is going to shoot his side uh, from his office in Houston, and and Conrad and his uh, palatial estate and uh, or his office in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, Roll Tide. So uh, they'll decide what they're going to talk about. So it should be a fun thing. And I don't know when it's going to start, but I'm certainly supportive of their of their efforts then and and and, and beyond. So uh, before uh, we went on sabbatical, I caught up with uh, with Bruce and Conrad, and the Conrad conversation will come up the next uh, soon. And I think you're really going to like it. We had a real good wrestling fan talk. I think you'll enjoy that. And Bruce and I did too, except Bruce and I have worked together so long, but we're both lifers. No doubt about it. So uh, I uh, recently caught up with Bruce, and here's how that conversation went. Always good to catch up with the brother love. Little love never hurt nobody, ladies and gentlemen. Bruce Pritchard is brother love, and he's joining me from his palatial estate somewhere near Houston. Somewhere. We can't say exactly where because it caused riots and traffic jams and all kinds of shit. So nonetheless, Bruce, how are you, buddy? Um, great. Yeah, the the Piggly Wiggly would be sold out if they knew exactly where I was. <laughs> I bet. Texas, by God, you know. Yeah. Got to love the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, there ain't many of them left. Like Safeway. I saw a Safeway store somewhere the day I was and said, well, there's a there's a dinosaur. There's a dinosaur, no, no Safeway store. So, yeah, uh, that's what they call us, is dinosaurs. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be offended if I were you because on me, I, got, I ain't got a leg to stand on. I am a dinosaur, I don't, and I don't care. That's fine. Uh, but I'm a happy dinosaur, if that means anything to anybody. Uh, I'm having fun doing what I do. Look, you guys, uh, you and Conrad, and, and then Conrad's relationship with Tony is really, to me, from a marketing standpoint, uh, it's entertaining. It's unique. It's amazing how, if we are 
pressed into action and find the right opportunity how it's possible for all of us to reinvent. And you've done a hell of a job of reinventing yourself. You know, you, you went to the woodshed. We've all been there. And some, some guys make it back quicker than others. I salute you, my friend, where you're where you've reinvigorated yourself. It seems like it feels like you're in a real good place. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, it is. And it's, it's crazy because it's kind of like you think that I had reached a point in my life where I said, you know what? I'm, I'm out of the wrestling business. I don't want to hold on to that anymore. And then I thought I was out, and then they just pulled me right back in. <laughs> and if you had found me two years ago and said, hey, Bruce, you're going to be doing a podcast telling old stories, I would have laughed in your face. But, uh, you know, Conrad Thompson got me going and, and pitched this idea to me after I was telling stories one night sitting on the couch. And I said, that's something I'll never do. And he stayed on me, and I'm, I'm happy as hell that he did because, you know, right now we're having a lot of fun every week and uh, putting out our podcast and just telling some old stories from my perspective and having fun with it. Yeah, having fun's a key thing. They ain't all going to be true. I discovered that over my years of performing. Uh, uh, a, a funny, embellished story is better than a true, boring one. Exactly. So. And it's my perspective, and it's my damn story, so that's <laughs> yeah, what I'm sticking right. to. <laughs> so. he, yeah, there you, hey, this is, it could be just as simple as that. There are your stories, right. and it is your perspective. And, I, and so what you hope, then, as a marketer, is that your perspective is interesting enough to enough people that you can monetize it. And that's what we exactly. all want to do. That's all, we're all creating content. Exactly. I just found, you'll love this, you know how you're a note taker. Yeah. I was a note taker. Mm -hmm. All of my, every single one of my yellow pads and white pads, I kept. Yeah. Me and too. And I just found another huge blue uh, Tupperware big bin full of notepads. Wow. There's, and there's some stuff for just, you. Yeah, you just pull them out randomly and the notes that that were taken sometimes and, and I would I would make personal notes to myself and either a to do list or or boy Vince was pissed here. <laughs> and it's amazing. You, you go back and it opens up a, a well you remind yourself of things. That's the thing. Yeah. Sometimes those little notes and the margins is the whole story. You yeah. know, I've got I kept all my uh, I have all my notes from my WWE tenure. And I have uh, 327 hours of one-sheet uh, Mid-South Wrestling formats, episodically, yeah. with, with the Cowboys handwriting. You know, he wrote this format out. You remember, he wrote them out by hand, and then he'd have one of us go make copies. Because, you know, I think well, he, I showed, he, yeah. asked, he asked Grizz to do it one time. I think, it, I think he thought it took Grizz too long. <laughs> I don't know. Some crazy damn foolishness. But anyway... Uh, if I was, if Grizz is pretty smart, he's pretty street smart. He probably just outsmarted us all. He got out. He got out doing that chore. Don't don't blame him. He went him. and had a cigarette and took his time and said, yeah, "Hell with." That's right. Yeah, he's good. Um, I found I found one sheet on one page. I had four weeks worth of raws written on it. Um, it was divided into a quarter and arrows going everywhere. <laughs> and just was like, oh my god, these kids that write today. And that was in a lot of respects. That's what we went to TV with, and then everybody filled in their own sheets. But m my notes, a lot of time, that was the Bible. Where I'd slide Vince. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. That's you know, and 
I'm thinking, oh my God, could you imagine the kids with their computers today that, that put the shows together, which is amazing to me doing three hours, mm-hmm. but for them to look at that and go, that's yeah, I'm, the TV. I'm glad I'm not doing three hours a week. I really am. I, I, I had my run was exactly what it should have been, when it should have been, with who it was with. Our, our talent roster was, uh, I, I really had a, uh, an emotional uh, attachment to them, uh, and I and, and in my career, you know, uh, that was a, you know, I don't. We were so busy. People ask this all the time, Bruce. You can you can either vouch for it or not. It was hard to, it's hard to get too down over a bad week of ratings, or get too up over a good week of ratings, because you had a week to turn it around again, and another, then another week. There was no time to celebrate or to mourn. Just go back to work. And that's kind of where I found myself. I, 80, somebody, I have to be reminded that we got our ass beat 83 weeks in a row. It didn't right. feel like it to me that we were getting our ass beat 83 weeks in a row. Kevin Dunn and I used to look at Vince sometimes, and, and he, would, he would either be dwelling or, or talking about things eight weeks away. And we would look at each other and just go, man, we got to get through tonight, or we got to get through tomorrow night. That's what, this is what's in front of us right now. We've got to get through this. So let us get through this and we'll, and we'll get to that. But I don't want to talk about what we did last week. I don't want to talk about what we just did tonight because we have too much that we've got to do tomorrow when we wake up. So let's focus on that. And then uh, later on we can, we can address everything else. But it was... Unfortunately, a lot of the times, that's, that's what we were faced with, and people don't understand. Yes, we did have long-range plans, but most of the time, we were fighting to get through the next day. Yeah, that's it. That's, and, there's, and, and there's a million people will be listening to this, I hope. Uh, but seriously, the, the, some will be listening to the show in our, in our conversation and say, so, well, there's got to be a, a solution to that business uh, a malady. There's got to be a way to fix that. The, uh, the structure as it was and, and, and so much old customs that were brought forward in the wrestling business were, were just there. I, I applaud that because I don't think we see enough of those nowadays, but that's just me. But, uh, you know, gosh, Bruce, it was just a, we didn't know any other way. And, no. you know, and, and we didn't have uh, the, the volume of people. I don't have, sometimes I think that's good. And I can also, also see where it can get, where it gets it sanitizes the product a little bit too much, because nobody's nobody, everybody loses their boldness seemingly. Uh, in in, uh, in 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 the trade off of not having any confrontation, they, they nobody to notice that they're scratching a blackboard. Right, and you know, and I, and it's funny because I, I hear people often make fun of the brass ring comments and the competitiveness of it. Those that understood that the business is a shoot and it is competitive, get it. And those are the ones that are successful. To me, it's the ones that that truly believe that, well, if I do what I'm told and I'm just going to go do the status quo, man, the guys that made it were the guys that fought for it. Top stars were top stars for a reason. They fought for it. And they had to fight to stay there. That uh, attitude era locker room uh, was very competitive. Yeah, a lot of very um, ambitious and forward-thinking guys. 
there were a lot of crossroads that some guys were passing through. You know, Sean was back entry. Austin was neck entry. You know, The Rock with other career opportunities. Undertaker's body taking a beating, his hips, his back, and, you know, just a, you know, seven-foot guys that weigh 300 pounds aren't supposed to do what he did, on, uh, even on even a remotely infrequent basis. But our guys were beat up and banged up. Men that I don't seem like it galvanized. They they pulled together. They were, you know, very competitive in that locker room. So you knew they're going to be competitive when he, when it came to losing eighty three weeks in a row. The talent talked more about that stuff than we did. At least I listen. Yep. My group anyway. We were I don't know. I was hanging around pretty much the same guys you were. It, it just wasn't something that we we mired in, was it? No, because we were trying because we were looking at what we were going to do next. Exactly. Exactly, and you, and you had to say okay. And once you know, once we took over and we we started winning, it was okay, great. But what are we going to do next? How are we going to top that? Have you had a favorite show? Or have you had a show that has gotten more uh, 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 positive feedback than uh, than another? It's crazy. The for me, my favorite show is one that we did on Houston Wrestling because that was, you know, my birthplace in the wrestling business and what I was most passionate about. We had put it up on a poll, I don't know how many times, and it lost. We got down to two bonus shows or to a bonus show, you pick which one. Conrad really wanted to talk about No Holds Barred and Zeus. I wanted Houston Wrestling. No holds barred one by one percent. It was so close we decided to do both. And Conrad wasn't really enthused because he didn't know anything about Houston wrestling. Hmm. And it was a show that we mainly just talked. We didn't have a whole lot prepared. We just talked and I started telling stories. Um it performed great and that's one that people always come back to me and, and talk about how I started in the business and the different things. So it was a it was a passionate show for me because it talked about the beginnings and it's one that people seem to like. And then the you know, which which Conrad calls his opus, <laughs> his masterpiece, is the Bret Hart show, which we did almost five hours on Brett. Wow. Huh. But there's a lot of material there. Yeah, there is. Sure there is. Absolutely. So. I, I uh yeah, I can see that. Uh, I can't see me doing it uh because uh, it's not five hours or four hours. I say, it's not really built for a one man gig here. I need I need somebody, you know, to share in that regard. So, but I, I that's just a lot of work too, man. I, I admire you guys, especially Conrad. Now, you, know, you got here's the thing: you, your relationship with Conrad really started out in this in your in the mortgage business, right? Exactly, and you know, doing mortgages and things, and he. We talked about doing the podcast to help sell mortgages, to be able to give us a platform that we could then plug, you know, hey, uh, savewithbruce.com. We're going to help you save money. We are, you know, an equal housing lender and NMLS. Savewithbruce.com, ladies and gentlemen. Come on now. Get out of here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're thinking, okay, if we sell a few mortgages with this deal, then that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then next thing you know, we started selling advertising. And then next thing you know, we found out that uh, there were people that were willing to pay a whole lot more than what we were getting. And so we moved over to mid-roll, and uh, that's been wonderful. <laughs> so 
it's a, you look at it and and we went from we made more in the first week that we were with mid-roll than we had in the first eight months it was like okay we might have something here there you go well it's just getting to find find the right home and, and as you establish your audience and you and you more importantly establish your worth what's your worth on the in the marketplace uh then you know you're going to be able to get you're going to make more money you have a favorite wrestlemania brucey my favorite wrestlemania is wrestlemania 17 because it was in houston and it was the last huge event at the houston astrodome mm-hmm. add on to that the fact that i got to perform in the gimmick battle royal and <laughs> i thought that the but but the build-up for rock and austin that year that match was just incredible and the crescendo that it that it ended up being i thought that was one of the best best wrestlemanias for me personally yeah i i i too would say it's one of the more memorable uh wrestlemanias i got to work on i thought it was a, from start to finish about as well booked and executed a wrestlemania as, as uh, that, that i've been a part of any of them you know the only thing i would have changed is had me go over in the gimmick battle exactly Royal. well Other yeah than that that goes that yeah. saying bruce my bond yeah I think the funniest part of that was that the, the Iron Sheik, I don't think that the Iron Sheik ever thought that anyone else could ever have gone over other than him. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of, was it over the top rope? It was. Oh, Lord. Nobody was going to get him over the top rope. Exactly. Well, he had a point. So. Cosgrove would, uh, he would squat on you. So, uh, but why not? He won, right? Did he win? He did. Yeah. So why not? Yes, well, he did. Who cares? I mean, exactly. honestly, except me and you right now talking, but I, I'm with you. I, I had Brother Love and the, and the points, and, and my bet didn't come through. It's no big deal. Damn. Another time, another time. Uh, hey, I was I was thinking driving over here today to record this, that because uh, that, that, that countryside that I was driving by reminded me of Bixby, Oklahoma, which is south of Tulsa. 74008 is the zip code, if you give a shit. Uh, but uh, I rem- that's uh, it. Kind of re- reminded of our our days together when we were just. I, I think it was after Paul was still open, right? Right? Or didn't what, were we? Oh doing, yeah. Paul was still, but I think maybe that caused a little bit of heat because I don't think Paul was really high on you doing things outside his nest. It didn't seem like that no, to me. You know, the, the crazy thing about it, Jim, and, and you may not even remember this. Obviously, I remembered it because it hit me at home. But we had the Mid-South and the Power Pro and those shows that were nationally syndicated and aired everywhere. And I, you guys, I did the uh, promos for the individual markets and in a lot of those uh, in whatever starting in, I think, what, 85 or 86. And the stuff that we did for Houston, when you guys had me do interviews and things that aired on the national show, they would have that edited out in Houston and replace it with either Paul or his nephew doing that. Wow! So much so they didn't want it. They didn't want me on TV, and that always just astonished the hell out of me. But that's that's it this, was what it was. Oh, that's that's uh, old school insensibilities. And I, as an old school guy, I'm 66 years old now. Uh, and I feel good, and I've got a good outlook on life, I think, for the hand that I've had the last 12 months. It's been great, but I'm making it. That's just, those, those are insensibilities, Bruce, that 
are a byproduct of the damn business to a large degree because we can think of some of the similar stories from different promoters, different bookers, different talents. They all got some of the same. They all check the same boxes by and large. Yeah, I remember uh, this. I'll tell you a funny story. I, and I, I'm sure that we, we, we talked about it before. But uh, for, for your listeners, okay, mm-hmm. Paul Bosch, the, the promoter in Houston Wrestling, and he had, he had done the play-by-play and everything, the interviews. He was the on-air talent for the show in Houston. And when we went with Mid-South Sports and Bill Watts, and Bill Watts had this this young marketing kid that uh, Bill talked about, oh, this guy's a genius, and he's this, that, and he, I'm going to bring him in, Paul, and he's going to help you, and he's going to do some commentary, but he'll also help you with marketing. And this young kid, his name was Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they, that, that, do you remember I, doing the, the play-by-play down at the ring without headset? Yeah. One, Paul would turn his back to you. Yeah, one stick mic, he, and he held it. His hands were huge. <laughs> There's one stick mic, Brucey, and uh, I remember Cowboy said something. He was w- wanting to get some storyline in. He said, Paul won't understand this, but you got to get a subliminal thought there about some angle coming up, like dog and somebody. So you say something like, well, I'll tell you, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but junkyard dog versus so-and-so, something I'd like to see someday, that kind of shit. Some, oh, yeah. Some little bubble. Well, he said, you know, Paul, something could make that work. Okay. He said, I want you to get that in. It's important. Okay, I got it. Well, I, I'm there, and I'm ready. I'm waiting for my cue, Mr. DeMille. Uh, and uh, I never got, I never saw the mic. His goddamn hand covered it all. And then you said he turned his back to me. So I didn't know what he was saying either. So it was, a, it was just crazy, a crazy time. And I wish I had gotten along with him better. I didn't dislike him at all. He just didn't. He didn't. Uh, I was too upstart, too young, too foolish, whatever. I don't know. But uh, Paul always used to say, whenever, whenever you know, we would get the cards, and there would be some kind of gimmick match on, and <laughs> and Paul would would immediately because ah, his new marketing genius. I guess this must be his idea, and he would always call no matter what the gimmick was, no matter what what they had on the card he would call oh i guess we're having slack night tonight because back in the the 50s and 60s it was a promotion that a lot of the old time promoters would do that they would have slacks night for the ladies so ladies that came <laughs> dressed in slacks got 50% off they got saved you know 50 cents on your ticket yeah. and so no matter what came up it would he? Oh, I guess this is Flax Night this week. <laughs> I would just that's, chuckle. That's funny or hell. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Yeah, well, and here's the, night. here's the issue there too about that. He knew who to confront on those cards. Oh yeah. Hey, I'd love to be able to take credit for a lot of those runs that was there. Well, that'd be lying. I contributed my share, but they're Cowboys' bookies, Cowboys' ideas. Jim, when when the business is great. Vince is a genius. When the business is not great, that damn Bruce and Jr. don't know what the hell they're doing. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's it's just so much easier that way, and that's the way the business always has been. I can flow those terms. Uh, really, I, we did for a exactly. long time, and it's just that's just the way it was. You know, uh, I, I've given cowboy ideas that he's used, but he for, then he forgot after they got over, they, they he forgot where the idea came from. 
You know, so all, all you want sometimes is just a little bit of positive reinforcement, right? I mean, I'm not looking just at my hand out like, okay, do I get a bonus? It was a matter of uh, getting a little bit of recognition that you did, you went above and beyond and you came up with a really nice creative idea that's going to make us all a lot of money. Just a good job. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty much. Attaboy. Yeah. There, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with having attaboys in today's world either, I don't think. Hey, well, did you and I, 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 I had a, a question for you that I it kind of takes us back. Uh, when when uh, Undertaker was in WCW, and uh, and I had a uh, I had a difference of opinion with Ole, who was the Booker at that time, that he was going to be a big time player. He, meaning Mark, was going to be a big time player, and that we were paying him much under his value of what he could possibly be for the company. And he, you know, goes to this tirade, and of course there's the audience, so he's got to you know, try to humiliate anybody he can and and bully and shame and all this other stuff. So, you know, he'll never draw a dime, and, you know, you don't you don't have any idea what talent is and all this other stuff. So, okay. D- now, here, my question to you is, somewhere along there, did you and I chat about that? Because you, you, you were working for Vince. Right. And, no, the, the funny thing was, was I had watched uh, – Mark from the time that he was in Dallas and what always intrigued me about him was walking the ropes and he had a lot of similarities to Don Jardine, the original spoiler right. that I, who I was a big fan of. Yeah, me too. And I had thought that, that Jardine had a hand in training Mark, but I just watched him. Then he went to WCW, but Paul Heyman is the one that called me and said, Hey, this guy's contract is coming up. Yeah. Do you have any interest? Vince thought he looked like a tall, red-headed basketball player. And I've heard that. One, be- I heard that before. Yeah, the one match that Vince, I got Vince to watch, was a live pay-per-view, WCW pay-per-view, and Taker was working with a dislocated hip against Lex Luger. The match stunk. Wow. And Vince called me, and I had the meeting all set up, and Vince canceled the meeting with Undertaker. He's like, "Ah, I don't need to meet him. I, there's nothing special there." You know, Luger's the star there. <laughs> but WCW had an event in uh, the Meadowlands, and I convinced Vince, just meet the guy. And I didn't know him from Adam, but I loved his work. I mean, from day one, he had it. There was something special about a big man that could move the way he moved. Amen, brother. So they met, fell in love, and I had already come up with this this black knight, for lack of a better term, a dark angel for brother love, um, for me to manage. I really, I, I, I wanted him so bad. You know, it was like there was a package, and Undertaker was born. But it was, it was Heyman who, man, timing being everything, called me one day and says, "Hey, his contract's coming up. Doesn't want to stay. Is there any interest?" And I was like, coincidentally. Yes, sir. Yes, there is, sir. Yeah, <laughs> Paul. It's always good to catch up, though, Brucey, formerly Brother Love. Uh, you know, I, I'm becoming, I didn't know this, I'm becoming one of the more uh, imitated guys in wrestling. Conrad's got a JR. Bruce has got a JR. Somebody said, did that piss you off? I said, hell, are you kidding me? It's great publicity. I don't care. They'll, they'll remember me at Christmas time. Conrad knows what I drink, so it'll be cool. And uh, by the way, next week, we'll have part two of this Bruce interview. It's good stuff. We got a lot of really cool things to talk about. Uh, 
I'll know more too about uh, hopefully their show uh, coming to the WWE Network uh, and when it's going to start. I don't know that information right now, and they may not know. But it's a 13 week run, 60 to 90 minutes, kind of raw and edgy. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. A quite a departure from what you normally see uh, on the, the WWE Network as far as the slickness and all the production values, and whistles and bells and all that good stuff. Uh, I, I would suggest they may not have a makeup girl on 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 site. Kind of, you know, what are you going to do? You know, us. If I was there, it'd be three fat rednecks, but there's only two. But uh, I know Mr. Barnett loves Con. Oh, I'm that mom. Conrad, come see me. You got the cheeks. I like those cheeks. My boy. Uh, Conrad is a fine man. He'll be uh, guesting here soon. So uh, we'll have all that. And again, uh, we, we thank those guys for taking time to be with us. Keep impersonating JR, will you? Baby needs new shoes. Uh, so Bruce, part two here next week. The shows are going to drop on Wednesday. At varying times, depending on when I get my dead ass around and get everything done, uh, it's not well, Westwood One issue, so don't lash out. The show wasn't up by noon. It wasn't up by three. Or Just calm down. Everything's going to be good. I promise you. So Wednesdays are going to be our drop day. And uh, we'll part two with Bruce next week. And also, don't forget, uh, we're, uh, we're, in, we're enlarging our business and as far as our condiments or barbecue sauce and all those things. I'll have some big announcements on that coming up soon. Uh, it looks like we might have a deal in Australia for our sauces uh, and, and elsewhere. So we're, we're working diligently on that. Uh, we're trying to renew our, our, our uh, on-store shelves for the great Ingalls grocery stores. I'm working with Homeland Groceries in Oklahoma, hoping to get something worked out there. So we're, when I have time, my spare time, I'm, uh, we're trying to, to, uh, to sell some sauce. I feel like a – told somebody at the uh, WrestleCon, I felt like a uh, – a snake oil salesman. I have my little wagon and my crew of guys and the horses pulling the wagon and, you know, pull up to the tent revival or whatever and, and, and chip in and get after it. So, but I have fun doing that. You know why I did it like that? It gets me out of the house and I get to meet my fans. I'm around people and that, you know, we have a lot in common. That's what we do. So, well, at the next time I have another big, uh, uh, meet and greet or Q and a or sovereign knocker sessions, uh, then, you know, maybe you'll come and you'll enjoy it for that reason. I know that the King and I are going to do a sh- some shows called Live with J.R. and the King. That's the title, Live with J.R. and the King, uh, coming up soon, stage shows. And I'll have all the information on that. We got, I think we have two or three of a book right now. It's still waiting on the paperwork. So uh, keep, keep, uh, keep your ear to the ground on that situation. So that'll be fun. And you know, King has, King's been doing uh, – he did a great job as the MC. I thought, of the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's been on the weather a little bit. He kicked out. And uh, he wrestled at, uh, in New Orleans. He hosted the Hall of Fame, and he worked a battle royal with me and good old Byron Saxon. I thought it was so funny. Byron says, hey, uh, you guys mind if I, we take a selfie? <laughs> Hell no, man. Hey, it, that's, uh, I love that. I love Byron. Byron's a good-hearted kid, and he should have a job there forever. Good-hearted, smart, good boy. So anyhow, uh, fun weekend. Those are the things you remember. I may remember a lot of things. But I'm certainly I'm going to remember Byron Saxon asking the King and I to take a selfie with him backstage. That was actually taken by Tom Phillips. There you go. See how it works? The string of announcer stuff just goes endlessly. And I, I But I like that kind of thing. I think that's cool. Remember, you can always get uh, our stuff as well at uh, www.shop.com. Sauces, ketchup, mustard, beef jerky, seasoning. Uh, appreciate you for that. And, again, our books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, it's doing good. And Paul O'Brien and I are thinking about uh, trying to carve out some time to start uh, game planning book number two. So I'd love to have that book number two done by uh, the holidays of 2019. So uh, I'm hoping the good Lord will give me that much time to finish the book. <laughs> and I, I keep selling this back nine. My kids hate that. Dad. Well, it is true. Honey. What the hell? I'm old. But I don't feel old. And I feel good about this show. I feel good about you guys finding us. I feel good about being on Westwood One. I feel good about being involved with Cumulus. It's just a great thing at this stage of my life. We're going to bring you some fun, entertaining, oftentimes opinionated audio. And remember, again, you can contribute to all that at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. So for everyone at Westwood One, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Until then, so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network. Talk is Jericho with your host, Chris Jericho. Join me and my guest, Kenny Omega. Talk a little bit about your ring entrance. My idea was heavily influenced actually originally from like the 1990s like X-Men cartoon with Apocalypse. Where like Apocalypse was the most strongest mutant. Talk is Jericho. Subscribe and download free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.